Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about the Shadowkeep launch trailer that Bungie released on September the 24th. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live on Twitch, and we should be experimenting with a redirect. SanoDeRage.com should bring you to my Twitch channel. We're not going to be putting hyperlinks in the description anymore, because apparently that's affecting YouTube recommendations. So if you want to watch me live, I'm always live when these hit the feeds. Come hang out with us, and we're going to try a redirect on SanoDeRage.com as an easy way for you to come watch me live so we're going to be walking through this trailer just as kind of a flyover because there's some some questions that we have but there was also something that happened with the trailer there was an accident that i want to talk about in this video so first we're going to ask the question who's the villain this is something that reddit's been theorizing about i wanted to kind of talk about how we're getting a glimpse into maybe something that's going on but we don't really know what it is in the trailer itself then we want to talk about loot pools We're seeing a lot of different guns and aesthetics in this trailer, more than we've seen before, and I'm going to kind of give you my theory on what I think the different loot pools are going to look like, from the Vex Offensive to the Rune Table, uh, the spiky red guns we saw, the ornate guns, as well as the sparrows in the armor. So we're going to walk through those loot pools and talk about where I think they're going to be going. And then lastly, we're going to ask the question, Trials Armor? There's Trials Armor in the trailer? What? Is Trials coming back? Uh, We're going to talk about what happened, and I I just got a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a hint as to what happened from a former bungee artist so i've got maybe a little bit of an inside track for you on what happened with this trailer we'll save that for the end of the video so first and foremost who's the villain uh the reason reddit has been theorizing about this is because in past trailers and things that have been going on we were hunting down the barons and we were hunting down older and we knew who the villain was dark below King's Fall, you know, and then Siva with Rise of Iron. Like, you had a glimpse into, okay, what is going on? We didn't know who Axis was, but we knew that Siva was the villain. And they've been very cryptic about what Eris Morn woke up underneath the surface of the moon. We know there's nightmares, but we don't know really who is behind this. They've been very secretive about it. So Reddit's theorizing that it'll be the darkness itself. We're waking up the actual darkness at the center of the moon. Other people are obviously leaning towards Savathun, because Savathun has been kind of all over the game, and we're waiting for that culmination. I lean more toward Savathun, but given what Luke Smith said about things leading from one season to another and that they said in season 11 which would be in the summer of next year it'll be like no other time in Destiny it'll be the culmination of all these things I'm thinking that that would lead to the ultimate culmination of Savathun where we face her in September of 2020 on the Dreadnought. We know they had plans to take us back to the Dreadnought. We haven't done that yet. We're going to the moon in Shadowkeep. So the Dreadnought is still sort of hovering as a potential story ender. Also in the trailer, there is definitely a ghost speaking to us that says, we've been waiting for you. Now, I don't know if that's the darkness down there taking control of our ghost or if it's another ghost. There could be something down there that has control of ghosts or guardians. There's floating guardians dead guardians something all over the place but there is an actual ghost in the trailer that speaks to us and says we've been waiting for you and that would kind of line up with you know keeping things cryptic and not really letting us know oh what's going on down there who are we actually 
fighting. With Warmind and, and, and then SIVA themes in past DLCs, we can definitely see some of that potentially down there as well. There's very clean, ornate structures. There's red lights. Uh, these are these are not hive and sort of cave and, and all the weird hive stuff. We're seeing that in different places. We know the hive are around, and the moon is very hive-oriented. The dungeon and some of the things we've seen, the actual Shadowkeep itself. There is clearly a hive-ish look to things but in this trailer we saw new new structures and new sort of themes artistically and that was around the time that we heard the ghost speak to us so I still think we're going to be getting hints at Savathun there are people like what about the triangle ships what about the veil maybe hints maybe they'll keep it on our radar but I don't think that's going to be true long term I think that stuff's going to be saved for later they're not going to suddenly drop the veil or the triangle ships into the game right now so let's talk about loot pools because we're obviously anytime we look at a trailer like this we're looking at the guns we're combing over we're seeing what we you know oh what can we earn what can we get and I think we can see from this combined with the leaks from Gamescom we can see the actual loot pools that will be in the game. We've already seen the Vex Offensive for guns. I'm confident we've seen those. If you go to Destiny, I'm sorry, Bungie.net slash Shadowkeep, there's a background image where we see four sort of reskinned weapons from Osiris's Forge, and they're all mossy and leaves are on them. I believe those are the four weapons that Luke Smith referred to as being in the Vex Offensive. There's going to be four weapons in there. The Vex Offensive armor looks very similar. It's got the moss and the grass on it. So I believe those are your Vex Offensive weapons. Then there's the rune table weapons. I believe those are the ones that we've seen that very clearly look inspired by Eris Morn. There's her little symbol. Her little like tile necklace things are kind of wrapped around the weapons and they glow red when you're near nightmares. I believe those will be built at the rune table. Then we saw some new weapons, a shotgun that was covered in spikes. It was all red and kind of hive looking. Very reminiscent to King's Fall weapons. I believe those are probably down in the Nightmare Hunts. Nightmare Hunts seem to have a very red aesthetic. Their icon on the map. Some of the areas that we're going into. Now some people speculated that those could be from the dungeon. The dungeon clips that we've seen have spikes coming off of everything and these guns tend to match that. I think that the dungeon is just Shadow Keep theme art style and it's going to have a lot of those spike hive traps kind of orientation I don't know if they're going to start putting loot like guns in a dungeon I wouldn't be opposed to that I think it makes more sense for the guns that we've seen like that look like that to be actually coming from the nightmare hunt because that's a more generic more broad piece of content I'm going to be doing another video today about nightmare hunts the difficulties and the like then we saw the ornate weapons the ornate sort of decorative weapons with the lines on them those are the raid weapons those were on those leaked images where we saw the trace rifle as the exotic trace rifle and obviously that got taken off the the roadmap calendar because that's not going to be a quest as far as we know that should be in the raid as a raid drop but it's not a guaranteed drop for world's first teams probably because of what happened to dado's team they got the raid exotic by accident and they thought they were world's first when they weren't they were i think world's second you know bad luck there on that then we saw sparrows that were in line with the eververse armor we saw like a lion sparrow and then we saw the jotun sparrow those are more than likely eververse items that look really really cool not going to be probably coming from 
a grindable loot pool, but the loot pool of the Eververse. Lastly, let's talk about the Trials armor. People are pretty ticked about this. Uh, There's a scene where it says Armor 2.0, and the camera pans up on a Warlock and shows you three different sets. It shows you at the very end the raid set, which I think looks significantly better now that it was actually like in a live environment with good lighting. Uh, Before it shows you the raid armor, it shows you the Vex shiny ornamental armor that you get from the Season Pass Battle Pass book. And then, before that, the very first armor set that you see for the shortest amount of time, like it's so hard to see like the whole set, you saw Destiny 2 Year 1 Trials armor, and everybody obviously got very excited. Now, I initially theorized, I was like, they're not bringing back Trials in this season. That's that's clear. Lars Bakken, in their 10-minute video, said they have four versions of 3v3 elimination that will be in the Crucible Labs for you to try out my theory is that when you try week one of 3v3 elimination that version will get a little bit of tweaked maybe a little bit of update and then it'll come back week five so five weeks into the season you will replay that version with maybe some changes from the feedback that they've gleaned and they'll do that with all four versions they'll take them for a month and then they'll spit them back out a month later to give you like maybe some like oh how's this feel you guys were giving us feedback on revive timers or blah 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 in in elimination mode so I was theorizing they'll give you these as an ornament set for engaging with Crucible Labs hey you want to engage with Crucible Labs you can get the trial stuff from year one as an ornament set people are like well we should be able to apply them as ornaments anyway as far as we understand it the appearance tab that allows you to apply ornaments is only going to allow you to apply Eververse sets as ornaments you can't go in and be like I love the Leviathan set let me apply that as an ornament no that's not a thing if you want the Leviathan set armor 2.0 you can go get it all armor earned post shadow keep will drop armor 2.0 however the excitement was quickly it was very quickly shot down in flames by Cosmo, we love you Cosmo but he shot these down in flames on Reddit he confirmed it was an accident it was done in error and he said that armor set would not be earnable in Season of the Undying which leads me to theorize even more that their plan with three, you know 3v3 Elim and Crucible Labs is to bring back uh, Trials and Luke Smith's line about we want to bring it back to a warmer climate, I think it's probably going to come in Season of Dawn that's my theory and I think the reason that Cosmo said it's not earnable in Season of the Undying is because it will be earnable in another season he didn't just say oh no that was a mistake that that, that armor is not going to be earnable and then he could have just left it at that he went further and said it's not earnable in Season of the Undying now a former Bungie artist replied to my theory in my tweet about you know oh it'll be an ornament you can earn in Crucible Labs he was like no it was likely a mistake made by an outside vendor winky face He is essentially confirming that this trailer was outsourced and built by another company, an outside vendor, and they mistakenly used the Trials armor from year one, and maybe they had those maybe had they had those elements to work with and they weren't supposed to use them or maybe Bungie didn't catch it or maybe Bungie saw it and it's like oh, I'll leave it in there it'll get people hyped about trials and then we'll kind of hint at the fact that trials isn't coming back dot 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 yet um, so that's my theory about what's going on outsourced mistake was made even if it was caught they probably are happy to have this happen it creates a bunch of hype and then Cosmo can give us a little bit of a wink and a gun to be like yeah that's not earnable in Season of the Undying like that's how I'm reading his comments I don't like reading too deep into the tea leaves but it kind of feels like that's what's happening and I don't think four versions of 3v3 Elim going into Crucible Labs is an accident I think they know the value of Trials especially on Twitch and they want to bring it back so we're going to transition to Q&A as always if you're listening to this content on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live please like share and subscribe
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Shadowkeep launch trailer. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm usually live whenever these videos uh, and, and podcasts hit, and we're not supposed to be putting links in the description anymore on YouTube. I guess it hurts our video standing. So I'm using saynotorage.com as just a redirect to land on my Twitch channel. It's easy for you to come hang out with us and submit these questions. If you're watching on YouTube, in the other locations like and subscribe it helps me out as well i'm also going to be chopping some of these in half so about 25 questions before i'll end this one so i can have another question answer segment for my nightmare hunt video as well so mara would you say that the system that was in d1 able to translate properly to d2 example costing x materials and random re-rolling nope i shoot down re-rolling suggestions right away I have a video that hit YouTube today. If you want my thoughts on it, you can go watch it. Rerolling is terrible for loot pursuit and guns. Somebody even replied to my video and said, well, you can do it in Diablo, but you can only reroll one stat. Here's the thing. If you want to reroll masterwork because you get the god roll, but your masterwork's wrong, I'd be okay with letting you reroll the masterwork. And maybe the sights and the barrels. Maybe. But everything else, the perk rolls, perk rolling and chasing a god roll perk roll, you don't want to go back to re-rolling. It was bad when they did it in D1, and bringing it back would be terrible. I would be okay with letting people re-roll the masterwork or re-roll barrels and sights because those are those are minuscule capstones to a perfect roll, okay? Um, and glass needles re-rolling exotics is different because once you get the exotic, it's the exotic. It's done. You're just re-rolling stats or like re-rolling the, you know, hand cannon loader and stuff like we did in the past. That's not going to be true post shadow keep, but glass needles was fine. The system in wrath was fine. Gun rolls. I just, they did it and it wasn't good. I don't, I really, really don't think people understand how bad that would be if they brought it back. The only instances, like I said, where I think it would be okay is on the masterwork or on the sights and the barrel of a gun. Just because if you get your perfect roll, accurized rounds, opening shot, and kill clip, or whatever the frick, that's your god roll for PvP, and it has the wrong masterwork or the wrong sight on it, I'd be okay with making that pretty costly and letting you re-roll that to something else. Um, you know, because you got the god roll. It's just, it's a, bit, it's a little bit tarnished, and that's a very minor influence. Debata. What are your top few things that you're most excited about from the trailer? I actually am really excited for the weapons. I love that we've kind of deduced. I talked about this in the uh, in the video. I talked about the loot pools of Vex Offensive, the Rune Table, the Spiky Red Loot Table, the Ornate Raid Loot Table. Uh, you know, I like I like seeing I like seeing multiple loot tables because hopefully the guns themselves all have a lot of different maybe potential perk rolls so like maybe one week or two weeks or something you're really grinding nightmare hunt and you kind of get bored or maybe you get what you're looking for and then you go to vex offensive and then maybe you get some stuff in there that you really really want and then maybe you start you know grinding the rune table with Eris. I like having multiple loot tables uh, because that helps you kind of spice things up and kind of rotate kind of like how during age of triumph you know how the raids rotated it kept things fresh it kind of keeps things fresh just to focus on Vex Offensive for a while and then move on from that to Nightmare Hunts and then you move on from that to, you know, Eris's Rune Table or or the Raid. That keeps things fresh so you're not just in a rut. Uh, that will probably be, honestly, a better value point if you compare that to, you know, Black Armory 
where you're just running forges over and over again. So we'll have to see on how they innovate on variety of activity whenever we get into the winter. Because when you get into the winter season, which is season of dawn, what are they going to do? Because if they're only really bringing one activity, that's when it starts to feel like Black Armory. Man, oh man, I'm running in a really small circle here. And so that that has me excited about Shadowkeep. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of uh, containers for me to spend time in, and they're all different. Sunfire. With how the spike shotgun looks so similar to the dungeon look, do you think the dungeon could have its own loop pool? I addressed this in the video. I don't think so. I, dungeons typically are an achievement, uh, a, a title, a sparrow, a shader. Uh, I could see an ornamental set being in the dungeon. That would be cool. Then no matter how, you, like, no matter where your armor comes from, you could apply that ornamental set to look awesome. But as far as like a weapon pool being in there, I could see there being like one or you know something to you know like an exotic quest or something. I don't know. To me, it makes more sense to show us loot in a trailer tied to the nightmare hunt activity because usually that you let me let me let me kind of make my argument this way we only know what raid loot looks like because of a leak they have not shown us raid guns we might have seen the auto rifle very briefly but it's it's really hard to get a good look at it in this trailer they typically don't show us they've not shown us like end game guns in a while they'll show us the armor they did that in rise of iron they're doing that now i would think that they would tuck away dungeon loot or raid loot and not really show it to us. The raid armor, I, obviously they're showing that to us, but outside of that, I, I I would think they would keep the dungeon rewards a secret. They're actually going further than they ever have by even telling us when the dungeon lands. That's 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 more transparency than we had during Light Forsaken. So, Pandemic Louie. I'm worried that I missed some resubs during that entire debate that we had. Wild Man with 12 months, McNugget with 19 months, Termi with two months and Cerebral Cortex with two months. I think I missed all your guys' resubs and I am sorry. That was like an hour ago. I apologize. Um, Pandemic Louie. With so much content releasing on October the 1st, do you think Festival of the Lost will lower in content? I don't think so. I think they'll probably reuse the Haunted Forest and I would love it if they reuse the Haunted Forest and put loot in the forest. I would rather grind the boss for a drop then get enough currency to buy a gun from an NPC. So that would be kind of my hope with how they treat, you know, Haunted Forest from here on out. I thought the Haunted Forest was good, and I think grinding grinding the the the, the boss uh, or the bosses for drops would be really really fun. As opposed to do it and do it and do it and, and they're like, I have enough, buy the gun, and then you're kind of done. Sin Veritas. With the new track for Seasons and how they will be tied together, can we expect world changes to reflect the season going forward, or do you think it'll be a side activity? I mean, from what we're uh, from what we're seeing from them, you know, world changes reflecting in the season, I think is more likely than it being like a side activity. Luke Smith seems to indicate that we're going to have an impact on things. We're going to be bringing the story forward. He talks about how it's exciting to feel like the game is doing stuff or you're doing stuff to the game. He talks about that in the video. And so it'll be more along the lines of we did thus and so, and here is the result. So that's how I think they're going to, they're going to couch it. Melmsey. 
Do you think Destiny should double down or pull back on decisions like siding with the Drifter of the or the Vanguard in the future? Splitting the player base is never good, such as not allowing some activities if you choose a certain one. But at the same time, it adds a bit of fun and uniqueness if you get different quest rewards or something. This one's always hard because I see both sides of the argument. I see the argument of like, your decision should matter, Faction Rally, or the Drifter Vanguard one. You know, your decision should matter. But then I also see the other side being like, well, I want both things. Imagine if when you did the Drifter or the Vanguard, you, that was a count wide. And let's say there was one weapon from each, but you can only get one weapon. I don't think Destiny fans like that idea. They did it in Faction Rally, and people knew that they would be able to like rotate to other factions later on. And even then... I think people didn't like it. So I would wager to say that, you know, making me choose and having like, oh yeah, you can't get that gun from the Vanguard. You chose the Drifter. I don't, I don't know if that would be well-received content. And here's why I think I'm going to side with those people, right? Here's where I'm going to side with those people. What's really gained by saying pick one and you only get one, you know. What what's going to be gained? What are what are we getting from that? Are is it a huge value point? It is is it a huge value add for the game's experience to to basically say, "Nope, you uh you can't get this. You can't get these guns. You know, you can't get this gun or whatever." So, I would uh I would say it's I see both sides. I don't dislike the idea of like picking a faction or a side and then it's sticking. And affecting the game, as you're saying, like, all of a sudden you would... You're even going further. Like, you couldn't even go into a certain activity if you picked Drifter over Vanguard. Um, I just don't think people would respond to that well enough to justify its existence. I think more people would recoil about it and criticize. Um, doesn't matter when you have three characters and you can go the other route for all of them. Well, I prefaced all of this, Eugene, by saying account-wide. So if it was an account-wide decision and you were locked then I think people would recoil. The reason that Faction Rally, when it was account-wide, people didn't like it. People did exactly like what you said. I go one New Monarchy, one Dead Orbit, and I go one Future War Cult. And problem solved. Uh, then I, I think that is what most how most people approached it. But when it's account-wide and you can't do that, then I don't think, I don't know, I don't think people, I don't think people would, would like it that much. True Sage with five months, dude, almost half a year. Welcome back. Just fate here. This is a bit far-fetched, like most of my ideas. At around nine seconds, in there's a scene of multiple guardian ships shooting, flying around. Do you think the patrol area for Moon could possibly be a large playground where bigger, bat- bigger battles take place, somewhere like in Trossland, EDZ, or bigger? This could be backed by the tanks and also the sparrows flying around. I think those are cinematic sequences whenever we are attacking and moving through the campaign. First, we're going to have to establish a landing zone, and that's probably why the ships are flying around. Later on, we're going to have to attack the Shadow Keep. There's going to be like a siege on it. And that's why the tanks are moving through. I don't think we're going to suddenly get a playground in the game where you can fly your ship around and fight, or get in a tank and go around and fight. 
I think those are cinematic sequences tied to the actual campaign of us establishing a landing zone, getting getting Aerith set up where she can be safely, you know, an, an approachable NPC on the planet, and then eventually we're gonna have to establish some form of order and attack the Shadow Keep. So I could see tanks being on the map all the time, but not your ships. Not your ships. Sin Veritas. Do you really think the Trials armor in the Shadowkeep trailer was by accident like Cosmo stated? Seems like a purposeful to build up hype. Okay, well, I've actually changed my my opinion on this, and I'm actually g- glad we really, like, lingered and took a long time to do the video today. And a former Bungie artist basically gave me a, a very soft tip on what happened. He said that it's unlikely that it was for hype. It's unlikely that it was designed to give you like a oh it's coming later he said it was a mistake made by an outside vendor so the trailer was outsourced built by somebody not Bungie and Bungie you know signed off on the trailer they either missed it because it's such a quick it is such a quick frame and everybody looking at that doesn't have trials armor like ingrained into their brain Okay, now the armor teams might have seen it and been like, hey, wait a minute, you got trials armor in there because they would have seen it right away. But, but I would think that if, if you've got like a marketing team or like an approval sign off team or something, uh, that they, they would look at it like, yeah, it looks good. Looks good. It hits all the, it hits all the fine points we wanted to hit. Uh, you know, all the, all the text is right. You know, you know, the length of time is right. And then they sign off on it. The person that signed off on the trailer or the, or the group of people who signed off on this trailer probably don't have every single armor piece in their head, you know, at a, at a given time. Dylan, Dylan was also in the hospital. Uh, Cosmo was on paternity leave. And so maybe they would have caught it. Maybe they're more in tune. They'd be like, wait a minute, that, that looks really familiar. We need to do a check on what armor set that is. It could have been a smaller team. Again, the team that approved it or the person that approved it could have been like, yep, looks good, ship it. Um, or they caught it and they were like, it's fine. We're going to bring back trials eventually anyway. This will kind of like, this will kind of, this will kind of give people like a little, uh, oh, it's coming back, you know? So... If a former if a former Bungie artist tells me it was it was it was probably an accident by an outside vendor, he's kind of giving me the inside track on what happened. I don't think they were like, yeah, put it in there and we'll trick everybody. <laughs> and then we'll have Cosmo say it was done in error. Like I don't I don't I don't think it's his tinfoil hat as that. And Staffer we know that if you have a certain armor mod in inventory when Shadowkeep drops, we unlock it permanently. Does this apply to weapon mods as well, since we won't get... Yeah, weapon mods are now uh, slottable and unslottable. You know, slottable and unslottable. They're not consumable. Now, if we have a certain armor mod in inventory, it'll drop and unlock permanently. I don't think that that's true. That's not what was stated. I think what was stated from Luke Smith was that at the beginning of Shadowkeep, you will be given a bunch of the basic mods already unlocked, and then you'll have to unlock the rest. You're not going to get enhanced hand cannon loader unlocked day one of Shadowkeep if it's sitting... Oh, you're saying armor mod. Well, armor mods aren't even aren't even working that way anymore. First of all, there are no, you've got it. Yeah, you've got this backwards. There are no, I mean, armor mods right now, you're not, 
well, maybe these ones, maybe, I don't think so. Like, major resist and stuff like this. I don't think these are converting. I think you've got it backwards. As far as I know, all mods for armor have to be re-earned, and we're getting an allotment at the beginning that are, like, generic. And you gotta unlock all the rest. It's the gun mods that are automatically gonna convert. As long as you have one Icarus grip, that'll convert to a slottable and unslottable Icarus grip in shadow keep but like boss resist i don't think you're just going to automatically have boss resist day one um because you had it in your inventory because they've said it'll have all armor mods will have to be re-earned with the exception with the exception of some basic ones that they'll just give you day one is is how it was phrased i believe in one of luke smith's director's cuts Anamana, assuming you talked about the ghost voice in the trailer, what direction do you think that will go? Dark ghosts? One of two ways. There's either something down there that is taken over ghosts because it's killed guardians because there's like ghostly guardians everywhere. Um, and the... Uh, so it'll either be that, like maybe there's just a bunch of ghosts down there that they've taken over or it takes control of our ghost and that's how it speaks to us. It uses our ghost as a catalyst to communicate with us because if it is the darkness itself it would probably have to inhabit something that is able to speak to us and it could be that um so uh arson arson at dawn do you think we will be able to get a drake tank in moon patrol yeah we already we already talked about this I don't know if the tanks are going to be always available on patrol. It seems like it's in a cinematic sequence where we are attacking the Shadow Keep. Like it's an assault on the Shadow Keep that probably draws out a boss. We fight that boss and it opens up the Shadow Keep permanently for us to delve into it, which probably unlocks nightmare hunts or something like that. Sinveritus. Do you think the trailer showing the raid armor in good lighting, not just a screen cap, will ease some criticism about reskins between raid armor and Vex Offensive weapon reskins? Do you think the community seems overly critical this time around? I had to mute the conversation on Twitter. I tweeted that image and I said that I think once people start seeing this raid armor out in circulation and in good lighting, I think people I think people will lighten up a little bit and probably start to like it. And I had to mute the conversation. Because I literally couldn't read some of the some of the responses from people. There are people that are so insistently negative about it, they refuse to admit basic facts. Significant pieces of the armor have been completely retooled. The warlock robes don't look anything like the Eververse robes. The 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 the, the pants, the I'm sorry, the gaunt the, the boots for the hunter are completely new. So many of the pieces have been completely reworked. And the, the insistence on Twitter from some people to be negative about it, it is a reskin. They're reusing stuff. It should be built fresh from the ground up. You're just putting little glowies on it. First of all, it's not little glowies. They're actual physical, you know, protruding pieces of the, you know, of the actual armor. It's, it's not just a green glow or something like we got in Leviathan, in, you know, Leviathan Prestige. So, I don't agree with that. I think that I think that the people that, that get caught up in that and get overly negative about it, I just, I, I think that they're being insistently negative about it. It's it's okay to be a little bit bummed, but here's the generic, uh, generic. Here's the general problem with getting really upset about it. Okay, 
most people aren't doing anything with that armor set. Most people didn't earn a complete armor set from that season. And acting like they're just sort of like punting and giving you some, oh, yeah, we already made this, is just bull. It's just bull. That's not what they did. They reworked it. Multiple pieces have completely changed. If I promise you, if we wouldn't have seen that Titan helmet, okay, if it wasn't for the Titan and the Warlock helmet, I don't think people would have caught it. I'm dead serious. If it wasn't, if the Titan and the Warlock helmet were quite a bit different, nobody would have caught it. Because the rest of the pieces change a lot. Now, they might have caught it on the on the, the Titan gauntlets. But most of the pieces, when we did side-by-side, side, changed enough. And with the added glowy parts, you know, like the, like the actual, like, shoulders get bigger and the helmet gets bigger and there's all this stuff. I don't think people would have caught it. You know? I don't know. I, I think people would have looked right past it, but the Warlock and the Titan helmet are very, very clear repurposed versions of those helmets. So, I I think that's why you know people just choose to rail against it. Um, it's just one of those things. That's what people do in gaming. You know, they find something and they they tend to kind of harp on it. Truth, uh, CX CXE. Do you think after the way the Nightfall and the current Pinnacle weapon grinds work? Uh, do you think they will alter the way Nightfall and Current Pinnacle gr- Weapon Grinds work? Meaning, do you think they will be set to different scores based on the new glory system? This, I don't really have a working theory for just yet. Um, with the way uh, with the way that they typically do um, Nightfalls and the scoring and everything in the past, I, I don't know if they're going to completely revamp that. They might get rid of scoring entirely and just have it be a challenging environment and the higher up you go and challenge the better drops you get um so the problem is not the raid armor by itself it has this it 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 has the it's that the game lacks abundance of cool and unique loot and now and now the most unique set is just a giveaway from earning xp and not something you chase actively in the game well that's subjective that is subjective because if i'm walking around the tower okay and i have on a set with armor pieces that have pieces on them that are glowing and like like protruding off of my body I think that's pretty cool and I think that kind of stands out we've been arguing for ornaments for armor for a long time for raids so if I'm walking around and have like black smoke you know on my character or different things like that it's clear what I do um, so claiming that the coolest unique loot is is a giveaway I think that's subjective to your opinion. Now, I, I do think that that's, that Vex armor does look pretty cool. I'm not going to deny that. But I actually think the more I've looked at that set from the raid, the more I'm like, if I'm walking around the, the tower with that armor set on, I'm going to stand out way more. I'm going to stand out way more than somebody walking around in that shiny Vex set. Now, if they would have put that shiny Vex set in, in, the, in the raid, and I would have walked around that then then I think that would have been less noticeable, honestly. Um, black smoke is one thing. Take an armor effect as well is a totally different thing, but simple color glows to me is quite boring. Well, they're not simple color glows. Again, that's a misrepresentation of what it is. It's not a simple color glow. There, there are literal extra pieces of armor coming off, extra like sharp things coming off the shoulder, an extra big like crown thing coming off the back of the helmet. They're not chroma glows from D1 they're not the purple glows from Leviathan Prestige they're not 
it it you're you're gonna see somebody walking around from far away and be like with a glow with like chroma glows and stuff with the leviathan glows you had to like actually like kind of like walk up and like look at the armor you're not gonna have to do that with these it, it, it's it's got like vex intricate like circuitry lines in it, it it's it's like a literal ethereal piece of the armor is like there it's like it was like you can almost see the original form of the armor so it's not quite as extreme as the ornaments from crota that's being cited in chat it's not quite as extreme the crota ornaments were kind of crazy kind of like a dinosaur christmas tree and i love that set it's not quite as extreme but i believe it's going in that direction i believe it is a is a physical is a physical glowing ornament close to what we got from the Crota Age of Triumph ornamental set. It's not there, but it's close. And it's it sure it sure is better than just a simple chroma glow or the Leviathan Prestige Glow. Bah boys. Apologies if this was talked about or asked before I was here. When we hear welcome we've been waiting in the trailer, do you think it's the darkness possessing Yeah, I already answered this. It's either the darkness possessing Argos to talk to us or a dead a dead guardian's ghost being used because we know like spider likes to collect ghosts like dead guardian ghosts um you're right they're very different i love how they are different but the glow differences specifically seem tacked on final judgment waiting until i earn them obviously to see people rocking them well brock kelly i feel like you would agree with me in this regard they didn't do a good job showing the armor off the first time they showed it to us the the armor we just saw in the trailer if we would have saw that and they're like, yeah, that's the raid armor, I think we would have been like, ooh. But when they showed us those spinning armor sets in that one TWAB, the lighting was awful. Every armor set looks drab and like muted with respect to like color saturation. It's cool that it's like spinning, but whatever little studio they set up to shoot that in, they need some lighting effects in those little, those little, uh, those little spinner samples. They looked awful. I don't think any of the raid sets looked good with like, even the really shiny cool Vex one looked kind of plain. I was like, it doesn't, even it doesn't look that great. And when I saw that one in the live yesterday, I was like, dude, I think that raid armor, I think people are going to change their minds once they get it. And once they see it out in the, out in the wild, their buddy's going to be wearing a helmet and they're going to be in like a cave or they're going to be on a strike. And they're like, dude, that armor looks way sicker than I originally thought. Because you're gonna, it just, it. I always have thought that armor looks better in the wild. It's clear what they are doing, though. Assuming most of the player base doesn't run the most challenging content, therefore they're using the most creative armor set as a reward for everybody who buys the season pass. I just don't like that this armor is used as simple monetization and not as something you will have to grind challenging stuff for. I understand the decision, but it's not optimal. The reason that I disagree with your conclusion, I think you're right. Yes, they looked at it and said, we need dope stuff for the common player and put it in a book. And then that's a reason to buy the season every year. Uh, I'm sorry, every season. I agree with that. I don't agree with your conclusion that we don't have cool stuff to grind for and challenging stuff. People running around with that Vex armor set ain't going to have whatever you get from the, from the, the, um, frickin', uh, the, 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 the dungeon they're not gonna have raid armor they're not gonna have raid guns they're not gonna have the raid exotic there i think that there's plenty of really dope and unique stuff for you to grind for i think it's an overstatement of the armor's presence to act like they're just giving a great set to everybody and there's nothing else you see what i'm saying you can't ignore the rest of the content and the the difficulty spectrum that they're adding to nightmare hunts and nightfalls and then there's the raid and then there's the dungeon 
and those are all going to have rewards tied to them. I don't know if you can look at that and be like, you know what, I'm going to die on this hill and act like, yeah, there's just not enough good stuff for for hardcore players because they're giving a they're giving the pretty set to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I think I think you're maybe a little too zoomed in on that armor piece and it's drawing it's you're you're drawing a correct sort of like synopsis of what's going on yeah that's what they're doing they want a dope set in there so people buy the season and then if they're playing and they're progressing through that season pass that's sticky that creates loyalty you're like oh this is awesome i get something every time i play that that's correct you're correct in that estimation i think you're incorrect in concluding that that that's kind of it there's there's not anything really good for challenging content you know and you really like the armor, that's clear. And I think it's maybe that's why it seems that way to you. It just shows the power. That just shows you the power of aesthetics in a video game. Because your guardian is an extension of you, and you're like, I want to wear that. And to be fair, you're probably right. Everybody wandering around the tower is going to be wearing that dadgum set. And you're going to be like, nah, man, we all look the same. That's where the ornamental system could come in. Maybe you wear one or two pieces from that set and then you use the ornamental system to use some of the old Eververse sets and then you as a long-term hardcore player could really craft a really dope-looking set and those pieces are there as like a complement to your existing, you know, to your to your whole outfit, you know? So, I get where you're coming from. They're pretty hot, but I think there's going to be plenty for us to get as well. Real Endgame. Hoarding bounties, your thoughts, pros, or cons? Do you think, uh, do you do it yourself? And what should Bungie do against to change it? I think every DLC like this, if there's a raid race, I think everything should be wiped. Everything. Bounties. Um, if you have, like, uh, an exotic mission that you're almost done with, it should reset. Now, I might pull back on the exotic mission thing, okay? Because that's what people would do. They would just edge all of their exotic missions. Um... I think it should all be wiped. I do it. I save the bounties because if you're going for the world's, if you're going to be playing day one, I'm not going for worlds first, but like this will probably be one of the years where we might actually stand a chance because we have a pretty strong team. And in t- times past, I was having teams made full of people that I don't really play with and it just didn't work. Okay. This year, we might actually have a shot. That's not real. I don't really go for worlds first. If it happens, it happens. But if I'm trying to grind to be as strong as possible to jump in day one in the raid, because regardless of worlds first, I love being in the raid day one. It's awesome. And that means I want bounties to help me level my artifact because my artifact is going to give me bonus level that's going to make me stronger uh, and help me deal with the contest modifier delta. So I say all that to be like, they should just wipe them all and warn us you have bounties in your inventory they will be deleted when everything rolls over get complete them get them out of there then what would people do they would do what i was doing they would just go for enhancement cores legendary shards saving up sparrows for glimmer stuff like that to like have currency ready to rock and roll but outside of that you wouldn't be sitting there like Oh, I got all these bounties. I'm gonna level up my artifact in like half a day. Would it be better to just auto-complete before the update, so people's time is respected? Well, sure. I think auto-completing might be a little bit more complicated than just deleting. You know, Paddywhack with eight months. Stoked for Shadowkeep. Love the content you've been putting out. Thank you. Uh, True Sage, did I thank you for five months of subs? I think I, I think I did. I hope I did. So, I heard rumors that is happening. Oh, auto complete on the bounties. I tell you what, I'd be totally fine with it. 
I would be totally fine with them auto-completing all my bounties. Go for it. Oops! During our 24-hour hour maintenance, we auto-completed all your bounties, Guardians. Sorry! Like, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, being able to go into the next content with content to, to boost you, I just... Everybody can do it, though, Lono. Oh, come on, though. That's not in the spirit of... of the spirit of what's happening is it's new content, new thresholds of level, raid race. And we should all start at the same spot. And if halfway through the week, you and your buddies figure out that running some stupid loop on a lost sector or a pub event is great for world drops and you level up faster than me, then bully for you. You went through the game and found something. But head start bounty saving, I just think is stupid, even though I do it. I mean, look. Grenader Jake tweeted the same thing. He's like, you kind of have to. He's the one that was infamous for the Iron Banner, Iron Banner bounty saves. Like Jake blew past everybody that one season, and even he is like, I wish this wasn't a thing. The man himself, he was really good too during Rise of Iron, if I remember right. I think Jake was one of the the higher leveled people during Rise of Iron. He found some he found some good loopholes. Um. And even he's like, can't we all just start at the same spot? <laughs> you know? JD Matters. Do you think that weapon mods becoming perma-unlock is good for long-term? Yes, I do. Uh, it allows for experimentation and loadout adjustments, and I think that that's far better. He was 650 before the raid. Yeah, I mean, it was it was broken. It was broken. You guys know I love I love Jake. He's a super nice guy. I've always I've always been... Uh, I've always supported him with raids and stuff. Um, I, I, I got love for the jungle squad, but I think it's good to even see somebody from him, from his side of the existence of that, that idea that you can save bounties. Even he's like, yeah, this shouldn't be a thing. Could could we get rid of this? Um, (laughs) so the quell. Seeing things veteran players already know about new raid dungeon strikes being advertised in the trailer, this is an attempt to rebrand for the franchise. I don't think so. This doesn't feel like a rebrand to me. It just feels like, hey, this is a this is a live service single evolving world, and here's what's happening every season. That's what it feels like to me. Here's what's going on. Personally, I think that that image that they have should be right up here. This should be changing. You know, next season, Season of the Undying, there should be a little button here or a page. Or like up here, it should be Season 7. And then right next to it should be a thing that says Season 8 Roadmap or just or just an 8. And you click on it and it takes you into that picture. Um, letting people know what's coming is one of the best ways to establish loyalty. I mean, that's something that you do as a streamer, right? We're going to be playing this game. We're going to be doing this thing. And in a couple minutes, we're going to be drawing for blah, blah, blah. Like, that's something that you do. You let people know what's coming. So, by the way, if you have been listening and hanging out today, this is kind of the style of my content. It's like an interactive podcast. It's a lot of back and forth, a lot of discussion. Usually I'm playing, but for the Q&As and stuff, it's just easier and more effective for me to sit in orbit. We've been doing stuff in the mornings and then pivoting to this. If you've been enjoying this content, please remember to click follow on my Twitch stream. That's the little heart button. That's a free and easy way to support me, and it makes it real easy for you to not miss my streams, especially next week with Shadowkeep. There should be a Madam Crumpet stream tonight as well. We've been playing through Borderlands 3 together, and people seem to really enjoy those streams. For the late evening folks that like to watch stuff later in the 
evenings. I'm, I'm a daytime streamer, but around 8 p.m. Eastern, you can catch those streams as well. God level. Do you think we are in for a surprise story-wise? Going into Forsaken, almost the whole story was lined out for us. We know nothing about Shadowkeep's story. Yeah, the front end of my the front end of my talk about the trailer, I really touched on that what Reddit kind of put Reddit put like the bug in my ear and in my brain about we don't really know who we're fighting or what the actual bad guy is. We knew we were fighting Aldrin and the Barons, you know, we knew we were fighting Gaul. And now we're kind of like, what did you do, Eris? And she's like, it's bad. Please come help. And we're like, okay, but what did you do? Um, it's just better if you see for yourself. You know, it's one of those things where it's like your, your wife, you know, she's like, um, could you come help me in the garage or something? You're like, what? What happened? What's going on? Um, it's probably just, you know better if you come and see and then you go and like the refrigerator is inside of the car like you're like what the frick how you know um <laughs> the that that's kind of what's going on is Eris is just kind of like yeah just I did a thing you know just a little universe altering thing and you're probably want to kind of come and you know check it out and we don't know what it is yet so I you know people are saying it's the darkness itself uh, could be Savathun could be you know something I feel like the reason they're not telling us is it's going to be something we are familiar with. Right? It's not like when we didn't know who the raid boss was in Rise of Iron and it was Axis. We're like, oh, it's Axis! Guys, it's Axis! It was like, who the frick is that? Who? I think it's going to be like a, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so. It could be be Oryx somehow. There could be another realm beyond the Ascendant realm that he went to or something. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be something that we're we're familiar enough with so it's a wow moment. It's not going to be much of a wow moment to be like oh it's 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 Dorgan? Who's Dorgan? You see what I'm saying? Like we're like I don't know why did you keep that a secret? Um so I, uh, I, I would think it's going to be something. I think it was going to be something that we are familiar with. So it's like a, oh my gosh moment, whether it could be the darkness itself, um, or Oryx, maybe Oryx was working with Savathun and tricked us and we didn't actually kill him. It was all an illusion in the ascendant realm. Maybe we didn't actually go into the ascendant realm. Maybe that the portal for the, Taken King, King's Fall Raid was actually a portal into a dream world where we actually didn't kill orcs. I'm just, I am literally just blowing smoke here. I have no idea if anything like that would be even something on the table that they would want to do. I think people would feel really like annoyed that like, wait, so the King's Fall Raid was all a lie? You know? <laughs> they take back the belts. You didn't actually get worlds first because you didn't actually kill orcs. <laughs> they would never do that. I'm obviously kidding, but you know. Canadian dueler, are we getting brand new weapons? Uh, and what would the raids be like? We are getting new weapons. I don't know what the raid's going to be like. Uh, the real jabby. Do you have any concerns with finishers being introduced? Doing it uh, because it adds something or just because they can? I think they're embracing when Luke Smith says the an, an, an action MMO. Okay? An action MMO. I think finishers are in line with that. When you see supers, 
swords, those 3D animations, those flourishes, those abilities. It's kind of a little, it's got an arcade-ish feel to it, an action game feel to it. That's what I believe finishers are. Finishers is also one more way for you to influence the flow of battle and make strategic decisions with what you're doing. Oh, they're low? Let me go get a finisher move on them and I will get blank benefit. That's what I like about it. Have you played Doom? I mean, you see Doom and it's like rip and tear, you know, it's like do 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 and you see like ah, demons and, bah, and blood going everywhere. What you might not pick up on the fact that like Doom 2016 Doom is an just artistic tour de force of strategy, challenge and intelligence that you just might not pick up on if you haven't played, especially if you ratchet up the difficulty or you go into some of the more harder areas. Managing an entire room of demons with respect to staying alive, keeping the right ammo healthy, and killing demons in the right ways, and closing space and finishers and stuff, there is depth and there is there is a lot of dynamics and a lot of things going on when you're watching someone play Doom. Uh, and that's why the combat in Doom is so freaking satisfying. You go into a room and the doors close and you can hear like and you're like, oh, a fight starting. And the demons start pouring out. And whenever you finish those fights, you're like, oh, that was awesome. It doesn't feel repetitive. The content loop's always exciting because there's depth to the combat. You're not just going in and like, boom, 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 dead, yay, boom, 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 dead. It's not like that. There's actual like depth to the decision making. And that's where I think finishing moves can come in and be a really, really good element to Destiny feeling like an action game. 13 months from Danny Hart, thank you. Um, I have successfully transferred PlayStation 4 to PC. Yeah, crossplay looks like I'm coming back to Destiny 2 on PC. Awesome. Um, so, when, even in Borderlands, right? I would say Borderlands is, the combat's much better in Borderlands. I'm moving around more. I'm repositioning myself. There's, there's more There's more agility and more rambunctiousness to it. It's not just standing still and face tanking like we did so much of in Borderlands 2. And it's not a lot of like the, the backpedaling that we did in Borderlands 1. And so I think like combat like that gets more and more fun the more you kind of like move around and, and add things uh, to your your kind of repertoire of of moves and stuff, and so I'm I'm ex- I'm actually really really excited uh, for my my Genji Jolly Rancher build. I want to build all into Way of a Thousand Cuts knife trick, constantly throwing knife trick, constantly feeding myself super energy with hands on, and every time I have a finisher and half my super, using the finisher and generating a purple heavy brick for my entire team. I call it Genji Jolly Rancher because you're going to look like Genji from Overwatch just throwing knives like Genji and you're just going to be making Jolly Ranchers everywhere. There's going to be purple bricks everywhere if you play your cards right and I'm very excited for that build. That's not something that's ever been possible in Destiny up to now. Like, that's not something that you've ever been able to do. Having that kind of a loadout and an influence over combat. Who's going to be creating all the purple? I got it. I'll do it. That's not a thing. The closest thing... The closest thing we had to that was War Priest, where I would intentionally stand where we did damage, and I would do the Titan Punch that gave me an overshield, and then that Titan Punch while overshield was active generated orbs. So I would kite all the I would kite all of the uh, the, the the 
freaking thrall over there then i would use gift of light which is i think it was gift of light or gift of the void you made the titan bubble and i let the war priest shoot it and i could create five orbs two from making the titan bubble and three from gift of the void there would be a pile of orbs on our damage spot now why would i do that you get multiple tethers from one hunter okay There aren't a lot of opportunities for that kind of strategy and that kind of planning in Destiny, but now there will be with this kind of build and this kind of this kind of loadout system that will allow you to say, my job, my job in in this fight is to do fill in the blank, and your loadout and your armor 2.0 and even your finishers, I think, are going to play a part in that. Think of a tether build with rigs and enhanced ashes to assets to use finisher as a heavy drop. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's so many things you're going to be able to do to keep things going. Feeling the vibes. I watched the trailer and I got hyped. Were there any exotics that were leaked that I didn't see? If so, what type are they? There was the trace rifle that we, we, we've seen in action in the trailers. And then there was the rocket launcher that does all the void bombs. And then there is the hand cannon that uses energy weapons. And then there's the heavy bow. And then there's the machine gun that shoots like a sniper rifle. And then we've seen the Monte Carlo. Uh, we've seen a set of robes by a warlock that uh, Storm Trance gets stronger the more ads you kill. Uh, we saw one for Titans that does something with, oh, with the solar spots. And then there was a hunter helmet that you go is it invisible after a knife kill or something i think i think um that is all of them i think i think that's all of the exotics that we've seen uh oh the hunter had two helmets apparently okay yeah so uh, yeah there's that i that's it we don't have details on on all of them but that's that's those are the ones we have uh we've seen um so uh, that's that's the way they've set it up. Why do you whine so much? Didn't your mother show you enough attention as a kid? Flying Wraith, you've been following me since April. Are are you talking to me? Did somebody grab your iPhone and is trying to troll? Like, I don't understand why you would follow me for five months and then say that. That's kind of weird. Yeah, who are you talking to? I've not been whining at all today or complaining. I do complain, but I, not today. I haven't. Uh, Easy E, what kind of a device do you think the Hive Relic will be? Will it be a random slot machine of a weapon creation or could it be a source of new mods oh I have no idea yeah I have no idea um, I have I don't even have a really like a theory uh, theory there Ash, uh, Al Al Sahar 24 what are your thoughts on collecting bounties before Shadowkeep in order to increase level yeah we talked about this just a little bit ago we uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit ago we talked about how you know what what should they do about that? And I'm okay with them doing like an auto-complete uh, bounty thing. I would be okay with that. I would. Um, I'm doing it because if, if you're wanting to be in that initial raid run, then that's just kind of something you have to do. You have to do anything you can to kind of give yourself an edge. I'm not going super extreme. I'm just doing like the spider bounties. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm not going, I'm not going hard at it. Um, so... 
yeah so that's about half the questions that's 26 questions i'm gonna chop it there we're gonna do a separate q a for my nightmare hunts talk so like each video can hit the audio versions in youtube and have a q a attached to it so if you want to catch me live you can always do that say no to rage.com should redirect right to my twitch stream so anytime these these hit the feeds if you want to come talk to me live go to say no to rage.com and you'll end up in my uh twitch stream and if you're here right now, you can click follow. That's a free way to support me. We're going to do another Q&A segment right after this. But if you're listening or watching in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.